As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. As a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course, and by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. And so I hid my powers, until recently when an accident forced me to reveal myself to the world. To most people, I'm an assistant at CatCo Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. Hi, welcome to another Weekly Heroics. Weekly Heroics. We should work on our presentation of that, shouldn't we? (laughs) Uh, Two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. And as usual, I'm well coffeed up, Scott 2.0. Scott McGregor, always a fresh pot when we record this one. We're breaking in another uh, another special guest tonight, but of course I'm joined by uh, the hair metal hero Chris Tyler, as I usual. Am, I am fully fully fueled by Diet Dr Pepper. That'll work too. Uh, you know, you don't get the sugar high, but uh, the caffeine's still there. So yes, yes it Mr. is. Mr. Henley's drinking tea, which also has caffeine, so everyone's legal, vetted, and uh, you know, birth certificate. <laughs> Birth certificates in order and all that good stuff. But uh, welcome, Aaron Henley, who we've recorded with before and has his own thing called Tangents Abound. Hello, hello. So we'll let you plug yourself right now and tell people where you can find that. Sure. You can find me on the interwebs at tangentsabound.libson.com. It's a a little geeky show where I talk about, well, what interests me this week. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing it. And I really appreciate you guys letting me on for that Luke Cage coverage. I still listen to that from time to time just to go, man, I'm surprised they invited me back on. <laughs> oh, no, man. You're, no, you're great. You're, you're an enthusiastic podcaster. Yes. I wish I could summon the energy you have sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and I just did a very cool thing over on your show with you uh, when we did the uh, the Rogue One review. Oh, yes. It was I've, great I've, because you literally had just walked out of the theater practically and were just high on Star Wars, and it was very... Oh, oh yeah. Your now, enthusiasm was infectious. <laughs> let's put it that way. And then I found a great version of the Imperial March to play when we got to the Vader scene, and somehow we actually managed to, without editing, have enough Vader conversation to last that whole song. <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. Well, that was intentional, Aaron. I, I, I planned it like that. That's... Oh yes, That's the yes. Pro we, I am. Yeah, we we are professional podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get wait. We're getting paid. <laughs> Checks in the mail. and and you know joy that we give other people. Uh, 
I got a mouth to feed. <laughs> yeah, right. So, that positive <laughs> feedback loop that does not pay your bills. Uh, but I'm okay with that for right now. <laughs> I'll settle for an iTunes review. But you know, you, we, you know, we, we should start something, something because we got to keep you know paying these guests when they come on, and uh, I don't think you know the IOUs are getting strained. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. (laughs) Republic credits will do fine. Tonight, by the way, we are covering Supergirl Season 1, Episode 14. Oh, actually, uh, 13 and 14. There we go. And uh, this is our second show in a row with a special guest. We had David Pasquarello on for the last one, and and Aaron here is, is requested to come on and chat about some Supergirl with us, so... Um, we're Let's we're easy it. that way. As I said, if you email us at weeklyheroics uh, yahoo.com, we'll probably invite you to be on the show. But once again, you are not required to be on the show, so you can email us safely. Since we've had, you know, anyone who's emailed us has been on the show. I, again, I worry that uh, people think it's a requirement. That's that's not the case. <laughs> so I'm already talking too much, so we're going to let Mr. Harriman so, start us off. Let's with- jump into uh, episode 13 for the girl who has everything. Uh, this is the uh, the episode that is based on the classic uh, Alan Moore Superman tale for the man who has everything. Obviously, they've modified it. Um, let's bust into a little uh, synopsis here. I'm going to use the one from Wikipedia uh, for uh, conciseness sake. So at the end of the uh, last episode, the Bizarro episode, uh, the stinger was something um, attacking Kara. So at the opening of this episode, Kara wakes up um, under the... Uh, assistance of a medical assistant robot, Kellex. Um, and when she comes to, she's surprised to see that she's on Krypton and that her mother is alive and that uh, she's not on Earth. And um, with that little tease, we go back to Earth where a solar storm is preventing uh, Cat Grant from reaching Kara, who assumes that she was afraid that she would be mad about what happened between her and her son. Wynn and James call Alex, who arrive at Kara's apartment to see her body wrapped up in a plant. Uh, readers of the original story will know that this is a Black Mercy, which, um, while it's attached to you, is in a symbiotic relationship to you, granting you in your brain your uh, most perfect uh, reality in, in your brain. Uh, they do take Kara to the DEO, where Hank sends Wynn and James off, and Alex interrogates Maxwell Lord, believing that he's responsible for it. He lets her know that he's got nothing to do with it. So uh, John and uh, Alex try to pull the Black Mercy off of Kara, and it almost kills her. And uh, they find out that if they do try to rip it off by force, it's going to kill her. We cut back to uh, Krypton with Kara starting to believe that the Krypton that she is back in isn't the one that she saw destroyed, only to have those doubts erased when she sees a statue she once made for her dad. Uh, She starts to lose her memories of Earth the longer that she's in the uh, fantasy. She's then confronted by Astra and starts blaming her and Nan when a young boy who happens uh, to be uh, what a young uh, Kal-El would be uh, shows up and asks her to open up a small curl and a a red shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, it was great. Um, he gives her a globe and asks her, asks Kara to open it up. She does, and it projects the entire solar system out. And she's like, he's like, hey, that's Krypton. Isn't it beautiful? And Kara is very just awestruck by how beautiful it is. We cut back to Catco, where James and Winter are scrambling to find a way to keep Cat off of their trail. Over at the DEO, uh, Hank is frustrated, and he can't do anything as long as there's a solar storm in effect. Alex suggests that he pose as uh, Kara, uh, so that Cat won't become any wiser. Somehow, Hank pulls it off, even to the point of Cat giving Kara the day off. Alex tries to get some answers from the holographic version of Alora, uh, Kara's mother, to no avail. Alex returns to Kara's apartment to find Astra waiting for her. Astra offers her assistance to save Kara and tells Alex not to let her hatred blind her. When Alex, Hank, James, and Wynn meet in the uh, Catco IT room, Alex recruits Maxwell uh, Lord to help them send her into Kara's consciousness to convince her to reject the hallucination. The only way that um, the Black Murphy's Mercy is going to come off is if uh, Kara does uh, rejects the, the uh, fake reality of her own volition. At the same time, Non confronts Astra about her disappearance, and Astra tells him that nothing has changed that could jeopardize their invasion of Earth. Back at the DEO, Wynn believes that the solar storm is being caused by the Kryptonians as part of their plan to disrupt Earth's technology through the use of satellites. This prompts Hank to let Wynn use the DEO computers to reboot it. Alex finally uh, reaches Kara in the uh, vision and tries to pull her out. Uh, at this point, though, Kara's kind of bought into the, to the vision, and she knocks Alex out. And James stops uh, Hank Henshaw from uh, aborting the mission. Back in the virtual Krypton, Alex is sentenced to the Phantom Zone as she tries to reason with Kara. Suddenly, the world starts to break apart uh, as Kara is coming to her senses. She finally uh, returns to remembering her life on Earth. And as the virtual world disappears, Alex is brought uh, back into reality, shortly followed by Kara. The plant um, comes off crawls away and shrivels up and dies uh, as Kara's watching it. And uh, her first question is, who was who did this to me? Uh, so she's ready to go, um, and she finds out it's Non uh, that did it. Uh, that wasn't made clear in my synopsis here. Uh, non was the one who put left the black mercy for uh, Kara. Um, and Non's planning to use Lord Technology satellites to further weaken and overwrite the transmissions. Kara and the DEO show up at key locations uh, that the Kryptonians plan to attack, with Kara facing off against Non while Alex confronts Astra. Alex discovers that Astra and Non plan to eliminate humanity with a cure known as Myriad. Hank shows up to save Alex, who impales Astra with the kryptonite blade. Kara, meanwhile, gets the better of Nod, but not before he leaves. Uh, he slices off the satellite dish that he was uh, trying to reprogram. So Kara has to uh, save everybody that's there by holding it up, and Nod takes off. She arrives just in time uh, to share a dying moment with her Aunt Astra, who apologizes to her niece but doesn't tell her about Myriad. Uh, John Jones, uh, in the guise of Hank Henshaw, uh, takes responsibility for the death of Astra, uh, tells Kara that he did it. Uh, the three leave immediately upon the arrival of some more Kryptonians. As Astra lies dead, Nan is reminded that his wife died a hero. Back at the DEO, Hank tells Alex that she made the right call in killing Astra, but Alex is upset over Hank having lied to Kara about this. Uh, uh, Hank lets Alex know that um, he can't tell her because... Uh, 
Alex is Supergirl's hero, so he can't have anything come between those two. Later uh, that evening, Kara explains to Alex, Wynn, and James about having missed being on Earth uh, with the family and friends that care for her. But just as Alex is about to tell Kara the truth about Astra, James James changes the subject, and then they uh, celebrate Kara's return by uh, needling uh, Kara with the fact that she can't get drunk. Um, that's a very high high view of the episode. Uh, lots of little moments in this one. Uh, but uh, somebody else talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First off, who wrote that synopsis on Wikipedia? It missed a f- few important moments. A lot of important moments. Boy, it didn't even mention how much uh, Alex went off on Lord. That's kind of her de facto stance with Maxwell Lord at this point, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yes, Alex does th- uh, pretty much threaten to kill max lord if he's involved with anything and hank has no problem saying if any if he is involved in any way that he is going to let alex do it yeah pretty much yep. and words cannot do justice to the beating that Kara gave to Nan when she no. first found out that he, he's the one that did it man yeah it's it's he schooled that boy it's good yeah it's good it's it, it's not quite it's not quite superman versus mongol good like they did in uh justice league unlimited but it's still pretty good. Yeah, we may not have gotten a burn, but we got. That's a, what I was waiting for the whole time. Was uh, burn. Yeah, but we we did get the you made me lose them all uh, over again, and she just went to town on him. Yeah, yeah Melissa really brought the acting uh, skills on this one, man. It was uh, you know, she really uh, yeah. The girl does anger well. <laughs> I want her to get angry at me. <laughs> yeah, the squ- the scrunchy face of anger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I uh, let me ask uh, you more, uh, uh, you know, uh, better versed uh, comic fans. But when this, I know I read this originally, and then they did a version of it on Justice League too, didn't they? Yeah. Yes. Cartoon. Yep. Yep. That, that's uh, that. The original story wasn't it actually like a gift to Superman from some alien race or something? It was Mongol. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 That was waiting for him at the fortress. Mongol had uh, infiltrated the fortress and left it there. Ah, that's right. Okay. And the original comic was Batman, Robin, Batman and Robin, not Batman and uh, Wonder Woman, uh, like they did in the cartoon. That found him and... Mm-hmm. That found him, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read the original, mainly because I just have low opinions about Alan Moore and Superman what? in general. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, this is before Alan Moore was. Oh, yes, I'm Alan Moore. Don't listen to me because I'm pretentious. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually a really good story. <laughs> but uh, um, I was more, most familiar with the just the Justice League episode. Mm-hmm. That and yeah, that hit all the same parallels to to this episode. And you know when they finally get the Black Mercy offer, I thought, oh, that's the climax. That's the end. You know, her breaking through it. No, we had a whole <laughs> beat the down to go. Episode, yeah. <laughs> Getting Martian Manhunter action in there and everything. Yeah, that was sweet. Uh, oh, I, I love just his design and makeup. Uh, it's just, I don't know yeah. how long it takes to do, but... I think it's CGI. Problem. I think it's it, CGI yeah. overlay, overlay for the most part, but... Um, it looks if good it wasn't for that, a TV budget, man. I, I think so, too. I, I, I like it a lot, too. Um, it, it probably would have been easier to go with the, the smooth head version of yeah. of Marjorie Manhunter, but they just, no, they don't hold back and having him be 
alien looking. No, that never made sense to me either. The, anyway, like the Silver Age, where he just has kind of a goofy guy looking face, and you know. Did you ever? To... Did you ever read New Frontier? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. kind of address that in that. Yeah, where yeah, I know he takes the shape of uh, all that kind of his origin. Anyway, he took the shape of a cop. Um, uh, oh, but well, when they were yeah. It's like I don't want to scare the straight, so I'll, I'll look yeah. more like this. But, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I really need to get New Frontier. I've only seen the movie. The 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 big the big boy omnibus with with all the material that Darwin Cook did is uh, it's very enjoyable if you're a DC fan. Yeah, I gotta look that up on my seafaring fans. Um, but this is not a New Frontier podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it can be. Uh, we'll go back to the episode. Yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff happens in this, not just the uh, for the man who has everything story. Yeah, well, uh, they wrap up the Astra story pretty pretty well. Uh, well, it's definitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, she, she did. <laughs> who saw that coming? Kind of a surprise uh, this early in the I season. I did not. Um, yeah, I didn't think they'd, they'd go there. And, uh, and Alex, super smart secret agent, maybe you should open with the kryptonite sword first instead of, you know, the gun that, you know, won't actually do anything. And, you know, just again, like, I think there were a good number of uh, faceless DEO agents that bought the farm on that mission. It's like mm-hmm. pretty just bring freaking Alex and the Manhunter. You know, everyone else just gets killed anyway. It's always Alex <laughs> is the last one standing. Uh, it's almost a running joke in the show, I think, at this point. Just, <laughs> you need something for you know. You can't always just be one on one with somebody. That I guess that yeah. Well, boring. I mean, there's only two of them. They can't be everywhere. Yeah, you have to see the you know you see the villains chopping down a, a few dozen men every every episode to make us realize they're bad guys. I guess <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> this is one of my nitpicks for the show. You know me. I have to have nitpicks so there'd be yeah. reason to do this. It's um. <laughs> Yeah, it is just one of the constraints of the show. <laughs> now they could actually, you know, save on the budget by keeping a couple extras out of tactical gear. Yeah, there's a uh, not they they may, don't really talk much about it. Um, John pretending to be Kara, and I mean that's just comedy right there. Um, yeah, it's nice, stuff, nice that they can use that when they need to, but yeah. you need to find better synopsis, my friend. I know. I'm an I'm an agent of an intergalactic planetary organization. I think I can handle Cat Grant. Yeah, he doesn't know. And yet, Grant. who came walking out of the office? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cat Grant store stared down John Jones. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And she'd probably stare him down even if she, she saw him as John green. Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's like you think I'm, you know, going to be scared of you just because you're green and your head is weird. I'm, you know, I fought my way up from the Daily Planet to this job and owning half of National City. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, the, so, the only thing that's funny now that they've brought, you know, spoilers, season two, they brought the actual Superman into the mix and some of us fingers crossed think that maybe he'll get a series someday 
Kara's got to stop stealing all his plots. You know, they have to <laughs> come up with something new for her so she doesn't steal every comic book story he's ever been in. Eh. And they have to just go over it again. That, that's that's all right. That, that You know what? I have no problem using the Superman stories for her because you can always tell Superman stories. Let, let, let some new stories happen. It's been, it's been 30-something years since that story came out. There's other Superman stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's such a classic, though. It's like, oh, yeah, I almost wish they had saved that one. But they did it well. They did it justice. And uh, it's yeah. kind of a, you know, a cliche story. Um, the whole, you know, what would you, it's the, it's a wonderful life. You know, it's, it's what, yeah. the vegetable matrix, I guess we could call this one. Uh, <laughs> vegetable matrix. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know. oh, that sounds terrifying. I don't want to go to the vegetable matrix. Yeah. Uh, the, Except the steak there is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we were in um, Fake Krypton, the uh, camera shots were really great because it gave an uncomfortable feeling. She's talking to, me, to her dad and mom in this hallway, and then she walks down, and all of a sudden they're in this room without passing her. You know, it, there's just all these great little cuts to keep you disoriented because it's messing with her mind. Mm-hmm. I, I love the design of Krypton. I, I like when they make it just like a s- 60s-style yeah. Yeah. Silver Age d- super city. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. You know, with flying cars and weird architecture and stuff uh, you know the as much as i love the the donner movie I, the the crystal version of krypton never really did anything for me i like the the crazy sci-fi krypton yeah i i agree believe me superman the movie is you know in my top three but yeah crystal krypton always to me just seemed boring yeah it's like you know those tract housing places you know those little developments where every house looks exactly the same there's no creativity yeah. there uh, <laughs> Plus, Crystal's just not really, I guess, you know, Kryptonian, yeah. They built the Fortress of Solitude pretty well, but again, sometimes you want a little more sealed walls like that than that for winter weather. And Well, it's like almost every other version of Krypton I've ever seen. The animated series Krypton, the Man of Steel Krypton, yeah, pretty all... much every other version. It's like I find that more interesting than just mm-hmm. here, here's a, a yeah, bunch of yeah. white crystal. Yeah, it's nice when, when they flesh it out like that. and Yeah, it actually looks like a city, and you believe people would live there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of Superman the movie was very striking, but it's like it looked like it was one little camp on a huge planet. Yeah. You know, it mm-hmm. didn't feel very expansive, like an actual civilization – you know, you, you kind of felt like there were 12 Kryptonians, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and we got an Argo reference, too. Did you catch that? Yeah, the Argo, Argo fever. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, they talk about Argo. Yeah. A lot of references in the one that I did. Um, I, I missed, I think, the first couple times around. So. Yeah, this... Well, the, the Kellex droid is, comes back. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. always neat. Too. And here's an interesting thing. The Kellex droid in the dream is voiced by a woman, but in every other appearance of Kellex, it's been a masculine voice. Hmm. Well, it's, you know, Superman at, at his fortress there is where the other Kellex is usually, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I guess he'd just rather talk to a dude. I'm not going to say that says anything about him, but I'd have a female robot. That's all. I'm of saying. course, uh, just like Polly and Rocky Three. <laughs> yes. Oh God. <laughs> I thought it was four. No, that was, that was three. Yeah, I believe. No, no it's the, four. You're right. It's, it's it? four. Yeah, the, the, the weird bug-eyed robot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Happy birthday, Polly. Yeah. Then he changes the voice on it. Yeah. I'd like to know how he programmed that. And I don't know. It's probably like uh, probably like uh, Marvin. You know, you get to have different choices for the uh, personality. <laughs> yep. But, all right. So what what else can we say about it's that's the thing. It, it, it's it's too good. You can't just say uh well it's it's we always say the same thing we always say which was wow, the fights were great. Uh, the fights so are always great sucks. on this. Um. <laughs> yeah, when they guess when it, when it, when it's soap opery, you know, there's that level of soap operiness to it, but um you know, thankfully there's not terribly much in this one is because there's too much other other stuff going on in this one. They just uh, let's let's face it. Let's put this on the table though. Catco must just the slackiest place to work in the world. I want a job there because apparently you can just come and go as you please. Not really ever show up for your job as long as there's a world crisis going on or you're in the vegetable matrix and you'll never get fired you'll just never get fired even from the hardest ass boss in, in media apparently just, just it, it do was whatever a, you want <laughs> you just have to put up with those really ugly pink panthers <laughs> yes I, I love the big pink cat <laughs> oh I, I cheered when they got shot up and then I was like oh they brought him back of course but it's just like, oh, I can't find my, my main assistant for... Although that is addressed in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't find my main assistant for a week. Let's just keep her gainfully employed. And I guess I'd be a harder manager than that. That's all I'm saying. This is this is fictional managers. This is, this <laughs> yeah. is TV management. I'm okay with it. We're in a fantasy world. Uh, and, I like how, realism and it's in my it, fantasy, too. Now, if we want to get nitpicky on... Uh, you know, proper work p- procedures and ethics. How about Alex all of a sudden deciding to take Wynn and yeah. Jim, Jimmy into the DEO? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Past well, yeah, all the security and everything just oh, to. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, Alex should have been fired a long time ago, too, but. Yeah. Well, she's Fantasy not going management. anywhere either. This is yeah. where I want to work. Yeah. Either one of those places. Plus, when you're pretty much the boss's dog, or you, you you get a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. I guess with episode fourteen. That's, that's the downside. Is it's such a great episode, you can't really have much to talk about except it's good. Yeah, the, it's coming that, from good source material, and it has a nice death of a main semi main character in it to propel the narrative. Yeah. Well, it was also the only moderating influence to this whole myriad thing. Um. You could always tell that she was against this, maybe not against, but definitely not as hardcore as Nan was. Right. So you knew that they would butt heads. So I think if uh, Alex hadn't done what she did, Nan probably would have. Uh, it's possible, but he did love her, so I don't know. Probably yeah, wouldn't have killed her, but probably would have. Astro would go would have gone ahead with Myriad. I think she was kind of party line enough to. Yeah, she had her head around the whole. We can save the human race by you know whatever horrible thing we're going to do to it, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> well, Nan will we'll get there. Burn the village to save the village. You know. Nan did have a little uh, Kaluan coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Astra maybe cared a little bit more about the people, and, and Nan was just more all about the concept of getting the job done. Which is proven by her kind of cluing Kara in on it at the end there. Which, 
really, why why do they even need this myriad thing? There's what over two dozen Kryptonians. Yeah, and you know uh, <laughs> the scads of Thor of... took over the world in Superman two. We've got yes. twenty four of them with. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're they're afraid of Cal. They don't want to, you know, put their heads up too high and have him come calling. I guess. They want, yeah. Well, you know, they they have their master plan. They're sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta give. You know, that's that's a good supervillain right there. You you don't waver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't monologue. Never monologue. Uh, and I forgot how funny how fun uh, Max Lord is. Yeah, I missed him season two. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought they were. They were going nice places with him. I mean, or at least, you know, they were making sufficiently... They, he he was this show's Lex Luthor, you know, but he was very much Max Lord from the comics, too, but he was specifically the, you know, anti-alien because, you know, well, you know, the the Batman versus Superman reason, too, basically. It's like, because they may destroy us all, because they have all, all these powers and we don't, so technology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, little well, sloppy of the D. Let's roll into the next thinking one. it was him, though. I mean, yeah, he made Bizarro, but it's like they really think he's got a ton of alien plants, you know, laying around. You can just throw it, superheroes. I, hey, you never know, man. <laughs> it didn't look like technology to me. I would have gone alien, like first thing out of the gate with that one, and started tapping the database. If you had, if you had a Jane Doe under sedation for months, who knows what else he was hiding? True. Mm-hmm. Through that, uh, I got. A, I do have a question about the Black Mercy. Mm-hmm. In uh, in the comic, was it originally supposed to kill Superman? It was just you. You, you would eventually die because you're just going to sit there and not leave the fantasy. That's yeah. that's what I thought because it seemed like more in the Supergirl version of the Black Mercy. It was just to take her off the table. It wasn't going to kill her, just because it's. If because Ast- Astrid was like, use the Black Mercy. Don't worry, she's yeah. You're, you're not going to feel yeah, anything because you're in the, She's just yeah. going to lay there and and wither away to nothing until old, yeah. You, for however you know, long it takes the Kryptonian to starve to death or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the intent was to kill her, but it was going to kill her peacefully because she wouldn't have any knowledge other than the the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember the comic or the, the the cartoon. Did the Black Mercy look like that in those? Or? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Exactly like it. Spot on. Yeah. It, was, it definitely got a little alien nod in there, too, with them trying to take it off. I'm sure that happened in the comic, too. But if yeah. kind of creepy critter that's wrapped around somebody, and you try to take it off, and it'll kill them, that's just an alien nod, and I'm declaring that. I'm claiming it <laughs> okay. for all time. Why not? Who's going to dispute? We never get email except from the people on our show. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, now. We already have them wrapped around our finger. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> you bribe them with fame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Truth, Justice, and the American Way, Episode 14. Where have I heard that saying before? Hmm. I have I don't no know. idea. I thought it was truth, justice, and all that stuff. And all that all stuff. That well, stuff. I don't think they actually say the they they say the line once in this episode, but he actually stopped short of saying the American way. I think he's like, "You stand for truth and justice," and we're all like, "And, and I guess it wasn't you know, we don't want to do that American exceptionalism thing on on a TV show, I suppose." I'm sorry. It's the Justice League of America. 
Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the phrase for me, damn it. Yes, all right, yes, the episode opens with Kara and Alex doing Sister Night, which we usually see at the end of an episode, but no ice cream. And she's stressing about work tomorrow because she has to go try to figure out what damage, uh, you know, doppelganger Hank did. <laughs> and she's obviously missing her recently deceased Aunt Astra. And Alex is obviously feeling guilty about it because Hank is covering her ass and has lied about it. And she's about to confess when Nan shows up and tells Kara that he needs her. And he, he claims he comes for Astra. He's come for, for Astra. And Nan has basically invited her to the funeral. So there is some little sliver of honor in the dude. And he tells Kara that her aunt would have wanted her to perform the rites of passage. So... Kara gives a very tearful oration of the traditional Cretonian prayer of the dead and sends her uh, body, uh, her aunt's body skyward, presumably to the sun or whatever. That's what I would do. Uh, Nan tells her that he will peacefully observe the period of mourning, which is about two weeks, but after that, it's on like Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. He didn't say that exactly. That was my It'd be great if he did, though. Addition. It would have been. Now, Max is demanding um, see Carl and is trying to get early parole for saving her, and she tells him to enjoy his Netflix. Fuck you. <laughs> back, back, at, back at Catco, uh, Wynn is panicky as Carl brings the morning latte, but not for the same reason Kara is. Apparently, Mrs. Grant has hired an additional assistant, and she's been... Kara's been demoted to assistant number two, uh, probably from taking that week off of work to have an alien vegetable matrix on you. <laughs> uh, Kara puts on a front, but she's clearly upset, and wins, uh, Wynn calls her out on it as he uh, as she crushes her phone accidentally. And uh, back to the super eavesdropping, and Cat is speculating uh, that Max Lord is missing, and she vows to get to the bottom of the story, deploying James and Lucy to, to find some evidence and stuff. Uh, James confronts Kara about the DEO's extraordinary rendition program and holding Max without a trial, looking at you, Team Flash. I don't know why I put that on there, but... I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you know they're in cells and they uh, without any you know food, water, toilet facilities. Yeah, yeah, eh. <laughs> yeah. They never really did get around to it's. They just nobody goes to the bathroom in this universe. I've, I've decided nobody poops in the DC universe. No. God, that takes extra sets and then things we don't want to see from our heroes. So meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the... De- no, actually, Kara is actually going all kind of Gitmo, Patriot Act, yay freedom, um, do whatever it takes, uh, because Max tried to kill her and James is getting nowhere with her. Meanwhile, back at the DEO, Hank is prepping the cannon fodder to capture a rogue alien. The team heads out with Alex in the lead to find the alien... Uh, has been captured by another player and cue another dozen DEO agents whose families are getting a sad letter from Hank Henshaw. <laughs> and uh, I noted here, shouldn't they just send Alex alone on these things at this point? <laughs> yes, they should. But then we should, then we wouldn't feel bad for the DEO. Oh, wait, we don't. <laughs> keep making the same mistake. It's like, yes, use guns against these supervillains, guys. That'll work out great for you. You got your insurance paper signed, right? <laughs> Alex reports back, and they're going over what they uh, what they know. And Supergirl scolds Hank for not calling her, 
Hank thinks it may be an intergalactic bounty hunter, and I'm pretty sure we just got a freaking Lobo reference here, guys. Am I wrong there? Uh, that's what I took out of it. Yeah, if he was in town, we'd know. Yes, you probably would. Is that how you took that one, Aaron? Definitely Lobo, or is there there may be another intergalactic badass bounty hunter? Oh no, hunter in the DC no, there there is only one of. Zarnian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will say this: if they ever do bring him on, there. We have to have his dad on, and there's only one person who can play him. Who's that? He can't have Lobo without the demon. Gene Simmons has to be on the show. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would that be would be interesting. Great. <laughs> In any capacity, have him do a bit part as a janitor. I don't care, but Gene Simmons on a show is going to improve it 25% at least. Oh, no. He, he has to be in the makeup. He has to be in the makeup. Oh, oh God. He's too old to be in the makeup. Yeah, That's why he'd be... That doesn't stop him. Lobo's dead. <laughs> Lobo's dead. Lobo killed everybody. Exactly. He, he's the last Zarnian. Hey, just, backstory. Just give me Lobo. It's a moral imperative now. You referenced him. We got to see him. <laughs> Although they referenced <laughs> someone else in this that uh, we're probably never going to see on TV. Uh, back at the bid, but it, but it, back at the big bad's lair. We, I write my own synopsis, kids, so I can read them more smoothly. That's the theory. Uh, back at the Big Bad's lair, we learn that this guy is essentially Judge Dredd in space, who calls himself the uh, Master Jailer, and has a super guillotine to dispatch captured alien criminals, which I thought was just beautiful. Never a Good decapitation never goes amiss. Hank is going undercover and trying to track the Jailer down, you know, pretend to be the FBI or something, and he gets the whole... You know, old cliche of resistance between law enforcement agencies, and they're not getting anywhere with bad cops. So a good cop shows him the reports of aliens losing their heads. Yeah. Back at Caddy Catco, uh, Siobhan is messaging Kara while sitting right across from her and wondering if her and James are a thing or not. And she manages to get Kara uh, pissed off enough where she, you know, kind of yells at her, which gets a scolding from Cat. Um, the DEO calls and Kara has to leave things for the new favorite assistant who's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll do your job for you, idiot. Um, Lucy's digging uh, has found some breadcrumbs leading to the DEO and NMAX, and James is trying to put her off the trail. That's it. Because, you know, he knows he's got friends there. James is a horrible liar, though, and, and does the oldest mistake in the book and, you know, mentions the DEO when she didn't. So she figures out that uh, Supergirl told him. And then we get jealousy, soapy stuff. Uh, are you as close with her as you are with him? Which obviously means Superman. Um, write your slash fan fiction as you will, dear listeners, but please don't send us any at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com, and we will definitely not read it on the air. Now, now wait, we, we do have one exception. <laughs> the Kara Sivan. That, we will gladly read that uh, fan fiction on the air, absolutely. Um. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, edit, yeah, just edit that out. I'm, no, no, I that's think. staying in. Oh, yeah, no, you're done, man. <laughs> Darn it. I, I tried to make a joke, and it falls flat. <laughs> you, you, no, that was good. <laughs> no, you, you can't protect your reputation on my shows, Aaron. I, I probably should have given you that disclaimer. Uh, oh, wait, from, I have a uh, reputation? <laughs> Oh, please, you got a long way to go before you have the reputation that I do, so don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that's just a goal, then. No, don't be like me. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. 
Oh, man. The jailer is after another prisoner and gets him with a Daredevil Billy Club move, which was kind of cool. Hey, Demon Kitty. It's a good time to scratch. Thank you. Kara shows up. I thought masks were only big in that other city. Batman. Uh, Yay! Give props to the Dark Knight. A fight ensues, and Kara is getting attacked by super chains of doom, and then we kind of get a Jesus-slash-bondage allegory scene. Or maybe that's just my twisted head. Uh, of Kara with her hands and legs bound with chains. Jailer escapes. Okay, it was just my head. Captain no, James. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was slightly sexualized. You just, you, I'm, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> Judge me as you will, listeners. Just one quick question, though. Those you were, were like super. You were not sin a- cast the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Those were like super alien metal chains, right? That she just couldn't easily break. She had to use the heat vision. I, I, she was still able to break them, though. So I'm saying that they were maybe stronger than normal earth metal, but still not enough not to stop them. You got the tools, you know. Heat vision was in the budget this week. Why not use it? Uh, it's, a require, it's a requirement, isn't it? It's in someone's t- contract. We have to have heat vision in everything <laughs> Superman related because, God forbid, he use other powers. <laughs> when you have Melissa Benoist's scrunchy, angry face, yes, you use uh, heat vision whenever you can. True. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this show. Cat uh, and James are talking about journalism history stuff, and Cat admits that she once chucked her journalistic integrity once that might have resulted in someone's death. So that sucks. Uh, a little story about, you know, domestic violence among celebrities and bad things happening. Uh, back at the D, back at the DEO, the team are going after recent and, or, yeah, are going after the recent intelligence. Uh, suddenly James shows up and has a chat with Kara in the armory, because he can just show up to the DEO, apparently. And he lectures <laughs> her on the ethics of the Super Gitmo thing again. Uh, with great power comes people being scared shitless of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the message. And Kara is playing the liberty versus security card, but James won't let up. Kind of hammering us over the head with the whole truth, justice, and the American way thing, which I guess is appropriate. Alex comes in and has figured out that the jailer is the bad cop that they talked to earlier, uh, but they're actually wrong, and it was the good cop, and he shoots Alex, who's luckily wearing her body armor, and uh, Kara is in a cage that she can't punch her way out of, and the jailer's other most recent acquisition is there as well, and is talking to Kara. He was a former Fort Roz criminal, too, sentenced for drug smuggling that he was doing because of a sick wife, Walter White, anyone? Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. Uh, again, that's, that's my reference. Bells go off. Well, Drug I, dealer doing it for your family, Walter White. Uh, I, I got a few other references. We'll we'll get into. <laughs> okay. Kyra vows to get them both out of there, uh, but here comes the jailer man saying no, no, no. Alex and Hank figure out that Kara has only about 12 hours until she loses her head because the guy's on some kind of weird schedule, apparently, because plot point. They figure out that the jailer was a guard at Fart, uh, Fart Roz. Yeah, Fort Roz. And we also get <laughs> we also get a RoboCop named Drop, so that was cool. They figure out where he is, and the cavalry is on the way, but uh, the jailer is trying to play the, you stop bad guys, I stop bad guys, we should work together uh, card, but Kara isn't down with the whole losing the head thing. 
Uh, the DEO packing plenty of cannon fodder instead of one nearly invulnerable Mar- Martian uh, shows up. Kara's cellmate is about to get a lot shorter, and she's pleading for his life and offers her life in sacrifice, but the jailer says, ah, I'm going to have to kill you too anyway, so fucking no deal. The tactical team goes to the wrong place, but and everyone is confused. The prisoner begs the jailer to let Kara go. Alex figures out the ship hideout is under the ground, and they plan to blast their way in. Just before the bail- uh, the, the bailer, the jailer throws the guillotine switch. The DEO busts in. Five or six agents die, and Alex is held under the guillotine. But she manages to shoot holes in the ceiling, making Kara super again, because the sun shines on her. And she beats the jailer until his helmet comes off, so apparently he's done. Kara decides to free the prisoner, saying that he has done his time. And she also decides to free Max Lord, because that was the morality lesson of this episode. <laughs> Gitmo-type stuff is bad, okay? Alex basically tells Max that you tell on us and we'll tell on you, plus I'll probably kick your ass just because I feel like it. Back at Catco, Siobhan, or however the frig you say her name, is snarky and... Car- Siobhan. Siobhan, okay. Uh, and Kara tells her to basically fuck off, finally, and throws down the gauntlet for the Mean Girl competition. <laughs> <sighs> and yet, and we would get that in about, what, three episodes? A couple episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it escalates quickly, as they say. Soapy friend stuff between James and Kara. Uh, James asks permission to tell Lucy that Kara is Supergirl, because why not one more person at this point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he can keep getting the nookie, essentially. It's like, oh, my girlfriend knows I'm lying to her. Can I expose your secret identity? So she can <laughs> Yeah, good reason, James. Go with that. I can't think of a more paramount reason. No, especially with Lucy Lane. Uh, I'll take Siobhan myself, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I would would take Smallville Lois, Erica Durance. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. And she has her own Stormtrooper costume. It's it's a CW-ish CBS show. I will pretty much not kick any actress on any of the shows uh, out of bed for eating crackers. So, I mean, the best looking person on the show is Hank Henshaw, let's be honest here. <laughs> yes. Come on. No, the Red Tornado, man. No, ooh. Yeah. yeah, it's robotic. Go all night. Energizer Bunny. Kara <laughs> talks to Holo Mom. I don't know. Just getting silly. Kara talks to Holo Mom and kind of about her uh, strict anti-drug policies and begs her to repeal the mandatory minimums. No, she doesn't really do that. She tries to ask her about uh, Project Myriad, but it has some fail-safe program that basically is like, red alert, danger, I cannot tell you that or I will explode. Uh, So that's a little worrisome. And Kara basically Mm. tells Hank that she's not okay with him killing her aunt, and we get sad Hank face and fade to black. So, tension in the family. I think we all know where that's going. Well, I do know where that's going, but that's kind of an old trope, too. Also, the world's worst artificial intelligence. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Uh, Well, first first you can't tell her. Or the world's best, because it was programmed for only certain responses. True, but, you know, in every AI we've ever seen that's been sent from Krypton, it's, oh, yeah, you just need to do X, Y, Z. You need this. Oh, yeah, you need the Black Mercy information. Oh, it's right here. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the information. And then Alex has that massive impassioned speech of, 
Oh, she's she's my sister. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have that information. <laughs> yeah, do you think that was going to change things, Alex? A good try, but uh, yeah. So obviously, interesting that there somebody programmed a little myriads too secret to even know about. And yet, when it's actually a big threat, we kind of need to know about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. What can you do? You know, the, the, she was programmed twelve years ago on Krypton. You can't cover every base. She can't even give her daughter a hug. I mean, that should have been the fucking first thing that they put in there. But <laughs> <laughs> it's well, they're they're going with this. This is an actual light construct and not a solid light construct. Right. Ah. They they yes. they, they need a Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah that would, it's that not the Enterprise cool. holodeck, Scott. No, I guess not. Yeah, this one actually <laughs> works as intended. Science, man, come on, step it up. You can send your you know babies across the cosmos to a weird planet. You can come up with solid light. I think. <laughs> at least, this, at least this AI works as intended and doesn't try to you know take over the ship yeah, or kill so the crew. Far. <laughs> so far, yeah, where Agents of Shield is apparently going. <laughs> We're a long ways away from this. Yeah, at least on this show. Yes. Uh, a, a little interesting news that will probably be old news by the time anyone hears this, though, is that they uh, uh, almost messaged you and to see if you wanted to start covering some Constantine, Chris, because uh, they've just greenlit. Yeah, I'm down Constantine for it. Constantine animated stuff on CW Seed, which I guess is going to be just like little ten minute episodes, like they do with the Vixen cartoon. But it's a start. Hey, Matt Ryan's right. voicing mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. and well, if if, if we want to go on some epic news, also, I've got a article that says CW has just announced Flash, Arrow, Legends, and Supergirl have been renewed for the 2017 to 18 season. Woo-hoo. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't think that was ever in doubt. I didn't think that was in doubt. No, I wasn't sure about Arrow. I, I wasn't sure if that was gonna. This might be it for them or not, so that's no. kind of good news. They can finally stop doing the flashbacks! I've been looking well, yeah, forward to this for years! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the end of this uh, season should be it for them. Yep. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I know we're on Supergirl, so you can edit this out, but I have started a little project where I'm going and finding audio of Oliver, where he says, My name is Oliver Crean. For five years, I was stranded on a desert island. Well, not really. Only two. For the third year, I was in a ancient Tibetan monastery. The fourth year, no, third year, I was in Hong Kong. Fourth year, in an ancient Tibetan monastery. The fifth year, we're still figuring it out. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we can, <laughs> like, find different audio and piece that together. Basically. Yeah, and then I started realizing, oh, this is going to take a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's doable, though. I'd be happy, love to hear it when you're done with it, man. Oh, and I have been waiting so long for one thing. For um, John Barrowman, you know, Dark Archer. Pilot episode, he goes, what about Green Arrow? Nah, that's stupid. I just want him to go, called it! Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be sweet. Never have too much Barrowman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, well, he's going to be part of that Legion of Doom that's getting put together on Legends, so... yeah. And we had a, meanwhile, at the Hangar of Justice. Yep. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was, oh, that was great. Yeah, we're still gushing over the, the big crossover, folks. Yep. Can't help it. 
unprecedented, unprecedented uh, <laughs> in like superhero TV history. So yes. geeking out still. But what do you guys think of this? Uh, other than obvious, uh, kind of the the heavy handed political message of it, which they do a lot in these shows, uh, which is fine. No problem with that, and that's the kind of shit I, that Kara's supposed to stand for. So it was good on her getting called out. It's good that they kind of see that that she teeters over to the dark side every now and then. Adds a little more pathos to the yeah. Character. Um, no, it's it's yeah. No, I like this episode too. I mean, the the master jailer. I mean, that's like talk about a deep pull from really. Yeah, so yeah. No reference to that. Yeah, and it's nothing. It's really nothing like the master jailer from the comics, but it's just the fact that. They are willing to play around with with what's there. Um, I, 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 you know, I really, I don't. Outside of the first couple episodes, I really don't think there's a bad episode in the in most of this season. In um, this one, you get the nice uh, the family stuff, the Kryptonian stuff at the beginning with the funeral for Astra, and uh, we get to barrel on with uh, more bad guy of the week stuff too which you know you have to have those as well so well the strength of these man all these shows and a lot of them were very unknown or very little known actors before they got some of these parts but they really they bring their a game to them man and that that Mm -hmm. makes so much difference you know melissa benoist is actually really good freaking actress and when she tries to sell you you despair and sadness man you buy it she's good you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's at least 50% of the battle, you know, writing is the other 50%. Because obviously this is very silver agey and could just get very silly. Um, but the the writing and the actors bring it back down. Yeah. They, they have their lapses, but it's everything just so joyous and glorious and people enjoying being superheroes that it's easy to dismiss little problems. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting how with the Kryptonian justice system, there was no mercy in 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 it i mean this guy is death penalty either yeah there's no death penalty but we'll just stick you in a phantom zone while where you don't age but everyone you know love and care for ages so when you come out they're all dead yeah that is pretty cruel (laughs) to think about especially for like drug smuggling i mean what do you get 18 years or something like that yeah for a first offense yeah so yeah i'm sure repeat offenders on krypton were way down though (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that's a fact. Yeah. Or, you know, they they just come back and it's like by the time they get out it's like, wow, everyone that uh might even remember who I am is probably dead now, so I'm just going to reignite my crime wave and uh, <laughs> maybe won't think it's me again. They'll just think it's a new person. Oh, I'd love to have seen Winston and Fix come out of the Phantom Zone and <clears throat> Yeah, that that would have been awesome. Anyhow, <clears throat> This, yeah, it was it was heavy-handed with the due process, but we did have some great character moments. Um, and now all of a sudden, I can't think of a single one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you tell we're recording late, folks? <laughs> but yeah, there's always good. I mean, even you know, you can, and the the woman that plays Alex too is is always. Mm-hmm brings her a game and she's uh 
and man, the, the arc that they've got for her in, in season two is some really good stuff. But yeah, and you I, buy her anguish at at, at the guilt. As I said it's an, mm-hmm. kind of an old cliche. It's like oh, secrets, and uh, eventually I'm going to bust and have to tell her this. And you know, she has a couple times, you know, and then is saved by the bell or the odd supervillain showing up. Uh, but even if I'd never seen another episode, I, you would pretty much be like, yeah, she's going to tell her eventually and, and we'll have yeah. to deal with that. But yeah, you buy that she's really guilty that, you know, Kara thinks uh, the Hank is the one that killed her aunt and it comes to a head at the end of this episode and she basically kind of quits the DEO almost and just like, I can't work with you anymore. Not right now. Yeah. So, And just, just the... Um and the fact that John's willing to put up with, you know, the hatred and the anger that Carr is showing towards him because he knows how important Alex is, Alex is to Kara. Yeah, and he's really become, I like his arc too, and that he really feels like a father to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's his family now. So any father worth their salt would, you know, presumably take that sacrifice for one of his daughters. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. That's why I didn't have kids. I'd throw them to the zombies first, whatever I had to do. You know, that's why you you breed other people to to push them down and 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 be able to get away from things. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Hey, we we do a superhero TV show. We do a superhero podcast. You you don't expect me to lapse into supervillainy every now and then. And. Hero's the good cop. That's all I'm saying. Now, all of a sudden, I I have a flash from Home Improvement of Al holding up the sign that, for all comments, see Tim out. Tim Taylor, (laughs) care of. Speaking of drug smugglers, the tool man Taylor used to be one. Yes, he was. Yeah. (laughs) And then he became Santa Claus. Yeah, and then he became Santa Claus. From cocaine smuggler to Santa Claus. You can do anything in America. Well, he's always well. Santa Claus is surrounded by white powder. We just always assumed it was snow. Your uncut North Pole. <laughs> Colombians got nothing on this shit, man. Oh yeah, I have a little nose first and reindeer marching powder. <laughs> and now, now we'll have the DEA let's, checking let's out talk. our podcast. <laughs> let's talk about Savon. We we haven't really talked about just what is getting set up with this. <laughs> Um, podcast with one hand. Yes, let's, let's talk she, about. <laughs> she's she's Irish. Has an illiterate name. Yeah, yeah. I've always is that really how you say that? Because I've, I've seen that name before in yeah. print and be like, I hope I never meet a person like that. It's Siobhan. because I will have no idea how to say that. That's that's the Gaelic spelling. Cool, very cool. Um, yeah. So I kind of knew where that was going from the jump when they said her name was Siobhan. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Kind of know where this is going. Oh, is she a character that I don't know about? I, I see. I don't, I don't even remember what I know. Silver about. Banshee. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the most important crossover of 2015. Yeah, they did that. That Silver Banshee outfit is right from like right off the page. Really well. Uh, it's good in real life. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but uh, no, I saw kind of saw that one coming, <laughs> but. Uh, they do play it well, a little bit of a slow burn, a couple episodes, mm. but we'll get there. We'll get there. And she's fine. Oh, man, she's fine. Yeah. Mm. yeah Win is a lucky, lucky nerd. What? Win. 
Oh yeah, well, yeah. Spoilers. Win might. I think Win actually gets some. Yes, gets teased around or something. Uh, so yeah, so screw that scrawny blonde. I got myself an Irish lass <laughs> with a curse. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, uh, as right. long as you love her, treat her, and with respect, and provide for her, I don't think she'd go after you. She just goes after the person she hates the most. Yeah. Well, I'm okay if you're ever in a committed relationship long enough. Yeah, there's an Familiarity aspect of, breeds contempt. Yeah, there's an aspect of hate in every, you know. And you can work that out. There's ways. Um, well, we've degenerated lower than we usually do. Thank yes. you, Aaron. Uh, oh, let's, hey, I haven't even, re- like I said, tan- you know, tangents tend to abound with me, so. That's, that's true with us as well. Mm-hmm. Before we get into any more trouble, should we have any final thoughts on these two episodes other than, they were good, I like them. Yeah, I know, well, that's that's what we always come down to, but that's, you know, we're fanboys. <laughs> I, I do my nitpicks mostly in my, in my recaps. Um, of the but, two... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Aaron. Yeah, of the two, the, I think the first one was stronger, just from a story-wise, and without you know, without the heavy-handed message, we got great character moments with Alex, you know, with the car. Um, car. What, 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 what's Kara's mom's name? Alora. Alora. Yeah. With, with the Alora AI and then the ultimate shutdown and... of I don't have that information. Yes, yeah. a computer would say that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how apparently the uh, VR of the DC universe is not just visual, but you get a whole body movement while you're laying on a table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easier to do, you know, when you're filming something. Almost necessary, actually. When one just lays there like a two dimensional comic strip, it gets boring. Um, so yeah, I thought it looked great. I mean, it was oh, you know, one of the best episodes of the season, just because how it moved the plot and they got to give nods to a classic story, and and they did it upright and a lot of a lot of emotion. You know, getting mm-hmm. to see some background and and how much that you you believed it when she came out of that and she's like, "Who did this to me?" Kara's pissed. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yep she she did exactly what Superman did at the end, just. Yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I think Carr would have killed him. Yeah, I, I do too. Actually, I think it was. I, I think she's been portrayed as a little less restrained than Kal-El, uh at least in the beginning, like this. And I think that that's good for her arc because uh, she's things like Jimmy calling her out on you know the on Max Lord and shit. That's you know. I, they're, they're trying to drag her back. They're showing the, the, the problems that can arise with these godlike beings and why people are scared with them. It's not just, they're not just doing it in a vacuum. Um, so, I mean, I think that's really cool that they're addressing that. Some might even say it's like, you know, a better attempt at making, you know, a hero with pathos that Mr. Snyder has attempted to in the movies. You can do it and still have. I know the horse is fucking dead. Um, you can do it and still have the light tone as well. And also a Superman who you recognize. That yes. helps as well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, until he showed up, I mean, this is, you know, this she is Superman. I mean, she's the, the only one we really get to see in this season. So it's like all mm-hmm. vicarious 
hey, we have a Superman show, except it's Supergirl. And that's that's fine too. So the and but let's be fair, they're they're doing Superman stories, so it's like they're mm-hmm. trying to cash in on that too, and, and it's succeeding. It's drawing yeah. male nerds like us into it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just glad that they didn't go for the uh, oversexualized costume that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, went classic, yeah. but classy. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you could always say that the 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 age of the miniskirt is is over, but uh, still looks good on a lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it looks it looks good on Melissa. Uh, I'm just glad they didn't go with the uh, Michael Turner Batman v Superman. No, Batman Superman. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, she's 15. Friends, why are we looking up her skirt? Really? Oh God. Well, yeah, that's not the guy that just got busted for child no. porn, is it? <laughs> no, no, he, he he died a while Good. ago, and he didn't do it. It was other artists who took that costume in. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I have issues with mid two thousands DC. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> I quit long before then, so I, I don't. But <laughs> I've read what? things. I've heard things. I've heard things. Oh, I'm looking forward to when Crisis to Crisis gets to that in maybe 2020. Yeah, they're about scheduled. It's been like six months since their last reboot, so they're just about due, aren't they? Or? I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back. <laughs> yeah. From Crisis to Crisis. Yeah. I think they're they're ways away from getting the, from what uh, Aaron's talking about, though. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I've gone back to some of the early episodes. And I'm like, yeah, we'll finish this in five years. Seven just, years later. <laughs> We haven't even hit the mid-90s. I just scored the Justice League America comics. Fell off a truck somewhere from 1966, I think, to 87. Ooh, nice. So I have a bajillion issues of that to read. So, enjoying the old ones on that. Friends, as they are. <laughs> Friends, the reason we're not talking about the Supergirl episode is... It, it, it's it, They're just too good. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we do tend to tangent... But yeah, but we we keep it comic-y the, for the most the, part, at least. So that's, that's acceptable. And this is a time when they actually used guns that could have actually done something. I have no idea why they don't just have the crypto, kryptonite bullets in their weapons at all times when they go after Kryptonians. Yeah, yeah I said, uh, <laughs> the, the, why do you keep thinking shooting Kryptonians with regular bullets is going to do something other than just have it ricochet and hit you in the head? Again, Ooh, the, eventually, the it might, body count is problematic, and I'm going to keep saying that till they correct it. <laughs> it's never going to get corrected. Got to have, got to have red shirts. I don't mind it so much. You know, I, there there are plenty of other ways to kill scores of uh, of henchmen and mercenaries, though, without constantly bringing humans to a Kryptonian fight. Uh, it just doesn't make a yeah, lot of no. sense to me. <laughs> Ah, thanks again, uh, Aaron Henley, for joining us. Hope it was everything Thank you, Aaron. dreamed it would be. Uh, oh, it was my pleasure. And uh, if you ever have me on again, I'll I'll bring my A game. Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Better uh, not make us look bad. We're never having you back. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, no one can make you look bad but you. That's true. I I excel at it. I work at it. So that's our weekly heroics. Chris Tyler, my esteemed co-host, thank you again for joining me too, sir. And thank you, Aaron, for joining us. Oh, this is this is definitely going to wrap up our, our, our Supergirl coverage for a little bit. Um, yeah, we need to uh, 
need to get back to some of the other shows. Need to diversify, yes. And uh, but then we'll probably plow through like the rest of the season because it'll only be like do two episodes each. It'll only be like there's only six episodes left. Yeah, so yeah, three more Supergirls, which we'll get to you in a few months, and uh, yeah, we'll continue. Thanks for joining us. Email again, weeklyrogues at yahoo.com. Hit that Amazon link, please, if you're ever going to buy something, buy it off of the... uh, Buy, 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 consume. Yes, uh, we don't see any of it, but it keeps the, the hamsters running in the wheels that power our website, so that's always a good thing. And if you really like Supergirl, why not click on the Amazon link on the Two True Freaks Network to pick up a copy of Season 1? He's earned his quarter for the hours, kids. There you go. Awesome, Aaron. (laughs) All right, bye, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you. 30 years ago, I walked into a comic store, and I picked up G.I. Joe and the Transformers number 1. A month later, I came back. They say every journey has a first step. Every story has a beginning. This is mine. I may have begun my comics collecting career in earnest in 1990, but from the fall of 1986 until the fall of 1987, I was a regular at my LCS. So in honor of 30 years of collecting comics, I'll be recapping and reviewing all of them on the days they originally came out. So join me, Tom Panneries, for Origin Story, a podcast miniseries starting this September at popcultureaffidavit.com and twotruefreaks.com. <laughs>